this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 1030 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. Good morning. I want you all to know as I get ready to head to be one of the directors there for the third through fifth grade camp that I just got a new travel coffee mug that I'm really excited about. It's going to serve me well in those early mornings at camp. And I'm thrilled. Uh, the, the camps at capacity. They are maxed out in size. So that's wonderful. That means there's a lot of kids that are going to come experience the fun and um, joy of church camp. So we're continuing through our stories that you have told me are your favorite stories of Jesus. And some of you, when I asked what, to hear what your favorite stories were, a few of you, more than a few of you, mentioned to me that your favorite story is Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana. Now, I'm going to assume that it is a genuine love for this story and not because it involves a lot of wine. <laughs> According to the Gospel of John, this is the first sign of Jesus' ministry. The Gospel of John, that John doesn't refer to them as miracles. He refers to them as signs. And there are seven signs in the Gospel of John. Uh, scholars believe that John called them signs because each of these moments in Jesus' ministry reveal to us, tell us something important about the nature of Jesus and the kind of Savior he will be. And so I happen to think that this story, this very first sign, this miracle of the wedding at Cana can be a little bit tricky for you and I because we are just so far removed from first century Middle Eastern Jewish weddings. where Our weddings are just different now. And because we're in such a culturally different place, sometimes I think we can miss uh, what is really happening within the story and why this is such an important moment. This moment is revealing to us, it is a sign of who Jesus is turning old water vessels into new wine. As the scripture says that uh, Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him after this moment. So I'm going to be reading this morning in the Gospel of John chapter 2 beginning in verse 1 and I invite you to read along with me. Says on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing, there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. 
When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Well, every wedding has their moments of drama, right? There's always something that doesn't go exactly right according to plan. Maybe the bride catches her veil on, and the, on the aisle and it rips. Uh, the cake falls over on the way to the reception in the car. Um, uh, let's see, I ha I'm not going to name names, but I know a certain bride that uh, got a little too wild and crazy with a spray tan the day before her wedding and she got married looking a nice pumpkin color for the day. Um, I once personally had to stop a wedding ceremony, mid-ceremony, for a while because I suddenly was aware that the very tall groom was swaying in a way that I thought, this isn't good. He had a certain glassy look in his eye, and I knew that we just needed to stop for a moment and take a few deep breaths before we continued on with the ceremony. At my own wedding, I got married in July in Mexico. We timed that season perfect. Every single picture we have is a nice sweat blow on every one of us. And um, we happened to have, for the celebration after the ceremony, uh, my dad and brothers got a heart-shaped pinata with our names on it. And my mark went a little too wild with bashing that heart and um, hit the lights above us and so hey it's not a party till all the lights go out we all have our moments weddings just do and here in cana in the first century these were week long affairs uh, the whole village would be invited there's no heart-shaped pinatas there frankly Really, there's not a lot of love involved in the equation. This is an important ceremonial transaction of families where everybody has their role to play. The groom's family was in charge of the wedding celebrations and money would be put aside for his whole life for this. How well a groom's family could celebrate this moment was a display of honor and respect. It communicated to the whole village that this was their future and it was stable. Now today, if grandma gets a little wild during the chicken dance, it might be a little embarrassing, but when things go wrong at the wedding of Cana, it's shameful. It's shameful, it's a disgrace. Not to mention, somebody has not done their job. Jesus is there with his mother at the wedding, and she tells him they have run out of wine. Now we're on day three of a week-long event, and they are not prepared. The wine is out. Not being able to take care of your invited guests is a disgrace. Jesus' mother asks him to do something about it, and this is the part of the story that I just love. I think it's quite funny, actually. 
He, uh, um, his mom prods him to do something to help this family out. And Jesus really isn't interested. It's, it's not my time. He doesn't. This isn't the moment he wants to step into the spotlight. But moms persist. Isn't it funny that this very first sign of our Savior, this miraculous moment, there's also this very human side of Jesus getting prodded and encouraged by his mother to do something about it. Every mother in the room can relate to this in some way. So at his mother's encouragement, Jesus steps in. He takes those six jugs that would hold 20 to 30 gallons of water, water that would be used for all the wedding guests to stay properly, ritually clean for the wedding celebration, this is a huge amount of water. He turns all of it into wine. We're talking 120 to 180 gallons of wine. 180 gallons of wine. This is an absurd amount of wine. Way more than enough for all. And not just any wine. This is the good stuff. The scripture says that after the steward overseeing the whole event tasted the wine, he calls the groom over and he says, what are you doing? Everyone knows you put out the good stuff first and the bad stuff later after everyone doesn't care anymore. But Jesus gives them the very best. He saves the best for last. Jesus turns this family's public disgrace into a moment of grace. And not just enough to save face, and not just enough to be acceptable. Their cup literally overflows. It's more than anybody could have ever imagined. The joy of it, the wild abundance of it all. He turns that moment of disgrace into a moment of grace. Or maybe another preacher way to say it is that he turned their mess into a message. He changes their story, that, that sadness, that shame, those empty wine vessels into a moment of overflowing abundance and joy. This is a sign of who Jesus is, of what his ministry will be about. And actually, we didn't plan it, but I can't help but think what a perfect story for us to hear today as we start to deliver all these welcome home gifts to the completed new houses in our county. This project that I mentioned is probably going to be one of the last efforts that we have used to spend the money that we collected after the December tornado. If you didn't know, after the tornado, we really focused on helping uh, send people to help initially clean up, uh, show up at disaster sites and help do some initial cleanup, and we collected funds. That's what we did. We received funds from all of you, but also from other churches and people from all over the country and trusted us to use this money. And because of your generosity to share this church's resources, we also were involved in um, with the Fuller Center by February of 2021, just not even three months after the disaster tornado, we opened our doors to this nonprofit so they could begin serving here in Hopkins County. If you remember, they first started by providing people with sheds to help put their belongings in, and they have slowly transitioned into building houses for people. 
because of you and your generosity of this church's resources, our facility, our space, our utilities, our water bills, our supplies, Fuller Center has been able to welcome guests and build these houses. And the funds we have collected have been used in some pretty amazing ways. And now with this project in Hopkins County, Habitat and the Fuller Center is getting significant welcome home gifts to all these new people who are moving into these new homes. And it's our hope in some small way it helps them as they rebuild again. In fact, tomorrow, uh, Bill Thomas and a few of you are going to be going to a habitat dedication of five houses. Church, our cup overflows. God's abundance, God's joy is present in the ways you have faithfully chosen to respond to this tornado disaster. And we did this because Jesus has shown us how. This is how God works. This is who Jesus is. He is not a savior that rejoices in our sorrow or our heartbreak or our suffering or our tears. He is not a savior who levels the score and gives you exactly what you have coming to you, but a savior who shows us again and again out of despair, out of the ashes of our sorrow, God makes a way. As one of my favorite authors likes to say, hope bats last. I hope every person who turns the key to a new house in this county and receives these gifts from our church will in some small way feel that. The truth is, I hope we all feel that. I hope we all know this because you have glimpsed it in your own life, a Savior's love who does not leave you in your own sorrow and shame, that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear because you know it's not the end of the story. Even if you don't know what's around the corner yet, you can trust because you know it's not the end of the story overflowing water jars with new wine. God's abundance and grace in our lives in ways we can never even imagine. And I hope you trust in that. I hope you feel that throughout your days, even when you have to walk through hard seasons. You know, people did not come to believe in Jesus that day because he was everyone's favorite party guest. They believed in him because they saw him take their disgrace, their shame, their sadness, and turn it into abundance and joy. This is Jesus. It's the first sign of John's gospel, but the truth is, John will keep telling the story, and we will see Jesus show us who he is again and again, as he welcomes the sinner and the outcast, as he takes down walls of division between people and teaches that nobody, nobody is too far out of reach for God's love to find them. He's not a savior who levels the score. 
He's not a Savior who will tell you and remind you and show you just how unworthy and how grateful you are, but a Savior who sets us free. Period. He is God's overflowing love on earth. And I can't explain it. I just know it's when 2 plus 2 equal 10. It's gospel math. It's Cana joy. Jesus takes our old empty water vessels. Jesus takes your old empty water vessels and turns them into new wine. And all of us. And I hope even the people sitting at new kitchen tables in new houses may just one day raise a glass and give thanks for the abundance of his grace and mercy in their lives till our cup runneth over. Thanks be to God.